welcome to the nerd party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop. Punch it. Punch that shit. Let's punch it. Hello and welcome to Punch It, episode 35. I'm your co-host Tristan Riddell and with me as always is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene Schmidt, we talked about what we're doing today uh, last week and actually, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we even teased it the week before. We've had a lot of buildup leading up to this whole thing and uh, <laughs> I hope we didn't generate too much hype to be quite honest. You know what? I don't think we generated enough hype because ha. we are going to be laying down some Star Trek tracks right now. Boom in your face because we're talking about the Enterprise C. This is a ship. This is a crew that is not often talked about. This is this is one that is uh, normally forgotten in the realms of history. And we talked about maybe pitching some idea like like a couple weeks ago like you said like hey let's do an enterprise c story on the fly and i go eh, let's do something a little bit more known but uh, but we both agree let's not forget about it and so i had the idea of doing a pitching each other an enterprise c movie and then you're like nay nay let's do an enterprise c tv show and so that is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be pitching each other an Enterprise C TV show. So I don't know, like this one, it's our show is all kind of fluid, you know, like we never really quite know what format we're going to do until we do it. So do you want, <laughs> do you want to pitch each other? Do you want to take some time, pitch me an idea and I can take some time, pitch you an idea? Or do you want to develop this together? I feel like our strength is always in working together. But if you have an idea going in, I would love to hear that. I'll tell you what sort of backdrop I've got going in and we can go from there. And part of why we are doing a TV show instead of a movie is, as I was racking my brain trying to develop this and figure out what sort of a movie idea I wanted to pitch, I realized with this highly overlooked era of Star Trek, this crew that we know almost nothing about, we need to really create the landscape before we do anything else. So we can't just go straight to the popcorn action flick. We have to decide what sort of environment this is, who these people are, and then we can tell them what to do. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all for that because with Discovery coming out, we know it's coming out September 24th. Yeah, we're getting closer. We're recording this in July of this year, and it, I feel like just Star Trek is on the brain now. You know, like we, we had a movie uh, last year. We, we have a TV show this year. And people are talking about it. It's generating buzz. Whether yeah. you like the ship design or not doesn't matter. You know, we're all <laughs> talking about it. And so let's talk about a Star Trek TV show. So here is what we know. For those of you who may not remember, we first learned about the Enterprise C. I mean, we all knew it existed, of course, because we all know our alphabet. Right. We skipped from an A to a D. So there's a gap. We eventually learned a little bit about the B and... Then there's the C. That's right. And so, like, we saw B in Star Trek Generations, but before that, we saw the C, which is an Ambassador-class starship. And we also saw, what's really great is that we saw the ship from the entire run of Star Trek Next Generation, even from the first episode. We see that Ambassador-class ambassador starship on the wall. Now, it's not exactly the same. It Like, the, the ship design is not exactly the same as what we saw 
in the episode, but hey, whatever. It's cool. Yeah, they tweaked it once they actually decided to use the darn thing, and that's fine. We can easily retcon that. Exactly. Yeah, I am. I'm not going to be one of those people, if you know what I'm saying. And so, <laughs> the 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 show that we got was yesterday's Enterprise, which is an alternate reality. It's an alternate future, where. Uh, so originally, what happens is is that actually, you know what? How about I just go ahead. I'll read the. Uh, I'll do story time. <gasps> I'll do story time. <gasps> Story time. Yeah, do the uh, dramatic memory alpha reading, please. All right, here we go. Here we go. In 2344, the Enterprise responded to a distress call from the Klingon outpost of Narendra III, which was under attack by the Romulan Star Empire. When the Enterprise arrived at the outpost, she was engaged by four Romulan warbirds. The ship suffered major damage to her warp nacelles and external hull, with 125 crew members surviving. During the firefight, a temporal rift was created. The ship entered it and almost instantly emerged from it. The severely damaged Enterprise drifted through the rift, emerging in the year 2366, precisely 22 years, 3 months, and 4 days, and encountered her successor, the Galaxy-class USS Enterprise-D. The crew discovered that the outpost at Narendra III had been completely destroyed, and a state of war existed between the Klingon Empire and the Federation. Both crews eventually realized that the current timeline was a result of the Enterprise C's absence from the battle, and determined that the Enterprise C needed to return to their own time through the rift. Now, that was one of the greatest episodes of all time. It's 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 one of the greatest oh, yeah. TNG episodes. It's one of the greatest Star Trek episodes ever. We get to see Tasha Yar come back. We get to see Guinan in full force as a great character. And it creates this rift in time, creates another alternate reality where we see Tasha Yar's daughter come into play in the future as Sila. And it would take too long to explain everything. Basically, we have to, re- we have to think you're a Star Trek <laughs> fan. You know what yesterday's Enterprise is. You know what the story is of the Enterprise C. Oh, gosh, I hope so. Actually, if you have not watched TNG's Yesterday's Enterprise and you have no idea what we're talking about beyond what Tristan just read for story time, stop. Stop <laughs> this right now. Get on Netflix or whatever sort of service you have. Watch the episode, then come back to us, okay? There you go. Okay, and you're back. Cool. We're yeah, all up n- to speed. No need to explain all up to speed. So not much is known about the sea beyond this uh encounter beyond its demise and i think the we only got one other reference to the sea in tng and that was just like a passing reference from uh i think Riker when he in the in the episode a matter of time there was like a questions from professor rasmussen's questionnaire you remember that from the episode i do not what's this about yeah, like like uh, the professor, he was supposed to be a time traveler from the future, and he turned out to be actually a time traveler from the past. Oh, that one. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Now I've got you. Okay. And so he he had a questionnaire for everybody to fill out, and one was about right. the innovations on the Enterprise C. So we all that we know that's quote unquote canon because there's tons of novels and everything like that, of course. Well, actually, I mean, well, there's tons of novels in general, but there's really only one that I'm aware of that focuses heavily on the Enterprise C. Oh, really? I thought there would have been more. Now, I deliberately did not look any of that information up. I don't. And to be honest, I've read that novel. I didn't really enjoy it that much. I can't recommend it. And 
if you're a big Enterprise C fan and Curiosity gets the best of you, go ahead, read it. But I was not impressed. I'll just say that much. Okay, well, hopefully they will be impressed by the story we're about to pitch them. But I hope so, so. All we know is that it has a demise. Goes out in a blaze of glory with honor. Enough honor to be significant to Klingons. And that's a lot of honor. Yeah, like they, they go down and blazing glory, save the Federation. They save millions of lives, if not more. And mm-hmm. they're also known for innovation. So that's all that we know. That's all that we know that's in canon of Star Trek. So my main thing, like the trouble that I had when I was trying to think of ways to develop a TV show from that, it's hard to develop a show and invest your time and effort and emotions in people that you know are going to die. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I hadn't really thought too much about that. <laughs> Is that not strange? Because that's the basis of what we know them. I was trying to think more before that time. And when we when we were thinking of the movie idea, I thought, do we or do we not have the events of yesterday's Enterprise interplay into the movie at all? Like, you almost have to, right? Because that's the big climactic action sequence. But how would you do it? And I was thinking of ways to do that. And, and I just want to really take a step back from all of that. Never mind the fact that they're going to die. We need to embrace them so that when they do die, we are heartbroken. Okay, so maybe that's what it could be is that, like like you said, the movie is the culmination. Like, maybe the movie is Narendra 3 and the TV show. Like, so, like, say it's like we have seven seasons of the Enterprise C and Star Trek <laughs> Generations is Narendra 3. You know, like, that's, that if, like, if that's hmm. the parallel. Like, so if we were creating our own Star Trek show, we would know that, okay, the last episode is not Narendra 3. We're going to make a movie about Narendra 3. So are you saying instead of Star Trek Generations, this Enterprise C movie would theoretically take that spot? No, 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 no. I'm just talking about the format. Okay. Like, I'm just, I'm talking about, oh, okay. like, to think of it this way. Like, if... Stylistically, I yes, got you. Stylistically, if... I guess you could make Narendra 3 the uh, the series finale. I guess if you didn't want to do a movie, I guess we don't have to look at it that way. Like, uh, it would be... All the, the all good things would be the Battle of Narendra 3. Possibly. Yeah, something so, like that. All right. Let's not put the cart before the horse. Right. We have to establish what this universe, or at least this aspect of time in the Star Trek universe, is all about. Uh, because in the 24th century, no, we know that things are pretty good, especially between the Klingons and the Federation. Things have really cooled out. There's peace. They're mm-hmm. getting along. The Romulans are, well, they're mysterious. They're kind of hiding away. We don't really know what they're thinking, what they're doing. And so I want to play with those things because this is the step right before that. And since we know that the Romulans were attacking the Klingon outpost, well, why would they do that? That might be a good question to answer. Okay. So that might help us create this backdrop. So let's just say that even though the, oh, I don't know, the leaders, you know, politically speaking, Maybe the Federation and the Klingon Empire are trying to forge peace, trying to get along with one another and harmonize a little more than they have in the past. But maybe among citizens, maybe especially amongst Klingons, that's not such a popular opinion. And maybe they like hostility. And so there's maybe a constant back and forth of, is this going to work or isn't it? Maybe there are plots of just trouble with, you know, rogue people who don't want peace, all that sort of thing. 
a lot of miscommunications. And of course, we're going to have the Romulans come in and fudge things up a lot between the two, because if you think about it, these two empires, I mean, well, actually the three, Klingon, Federation, Romulan, they're among the biggest in the known galaxy at this point, right? Well, if two of them are uniting and leaving one out, that's not so hot for the Romulans and they're not going to want that. So of course they're going to try and muddle with this. Yes? So do you want to make the like the mission statement of the show the Romulans? Not just the Romulans. I think you have to have Klingons in there equally. So I guess uh, I, I, I'm just trying to understand you because I was coming at this from a very different viewpoint where okay. the Battle of Narendra Three, the Romulans and the Klingons and everything like that would really just be the focus of the last bit of the show, whether it's the, the series finale or the movie, whatever we're doing, like where... I was kind of looking at it where like, oh, let's develop a new Star Trek show. What would that new Star Trek show look like? But with different people and the sea, we just know how it ends. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do is create that, I guess, the political backdrop for what might ultimately lead to this battle. Now, I want to know now what you're thinking. I don't know. That seems like you're courting yourself unnecessarily from my perspective where okay, like you're taking one aspect of the sea. Like, the only thing that we know, like, we only know two things about it. It died in a battle between the the Romulans and the Klingons, and they were full of innovation. But I don't think that means that we have to define its entire existence by that one battle that it ultimately met its fate in. No, no. I'm just trying to maybe develop the universe further and maybe establish where things are at in relations with the Federation and the Klingons and the Romulans so we can understand where the tension is, what's going to create drama and conflict throughout this series. Okay, okay. I think I understand now. So you're not talking about the mission statement of the show. You're just, you're just talking about the powers outside of the Federation. I, I just kind of want the backdrop, or what is the starscape, if you will? What is the environment they're working in? Okay, I got you. I got you. So with the sea... Let's say this discovery is not happening. Okay. Let's do this from a, a real world perspective. Let's say discovery is not happening. And last year they made the announcement, you know, like for the 50th anniversary and on CBS All Access, we're making a new TV show and it's going to be a prequel show. That's all that we know. It's a prequel show in the Prime Universe. And everybody's like, what is going on? What's it going to be? And then it's announced. It's about Rachel Garrett and the Enterprise C. You know, what's so funny is that is on, that was on my wish list. That's what I was hoping Discovery would be. If they were going to do something in the Prime Universe and it was going to be a prequel show, I was really hoping they were going to develop this time period. I know. So here we go. It would have it been a lot of fun. So let, let's do it from that way. So, so okay. we have Rachel Garrett. Like, we got, like, you know, there's weird tension going on between the Romulans and the Klingons. The Federation, you know, like you said, the Federation's on the outskirts. Like, you know, is it? Are are we good with the Klingons? Are we not? Are 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 we engaging with the right. Romulans on a regular on a regular basis? Are we not? You know, like uh, yeah. Can we trust them? Can we trust any of them? Things are kind of a little unsteady. You know, they're kind of walking a tightrope. I think because we know that you know, like like we said, like uh, we ended with Star Trek: The Undiscovered Country, and things looked on the up and up, but then we we have the twenty fourth century, where things are up and down constantly, depending on the producer's opinion. If the Enterprise C is just, if, if it's just one breath away, one starship away from teetering over into war, things have to be volatile like you're talking about. 
Right, exactly. And with there, with there being so much doubt, boy, have you got to play your cards right because you, you either could start a war or prevent mm-hmm. it. Right, right. I mean, those are huge extremes right there, and you don't know where you sit in the middle. So with that said, does that mean that Captain Garrett is a really skilled diplomat? Ooh. Yeah? I mean, she's going to have to have some serious negotiating skills, yes? I think so. I think yes, because maybe, maybe, maybe. So we have Kirk, who is... Space cowboy. He's the cowboy. He, that, that's exactly right. He's the cowboy on the frontier. So maybe Harriman was a gross pendulum swing in the opposite direction of the cowboy, where <laughs> Starfleet is like, okay, we thank you, Kirk, for your service, for saving us countless times, but we need somebody that we can control a little bit more. And then they realize that, like, and so they put somebody in there with, you know, not that much experience. It's still a competent captain. He's not an idiot. Basically a puppet, let's be honest. Yeah, like, from what we saw, I'm sure he's a great guy. But from what we saw from Generations, the impression they gave us is that he was young, green, not very sure of himself. And and so they needed someone that they could control, like a figurehead, Mm. somebody like that. And then then maybe that's when they realized, okay, we cannot trust a guy like Harriman to negotiate peace with Romulans and Klingons if things get crazy. Because he can't think on his feet. But, you know, Kirk could think on his feet. But he was too much of a hothead, so let's get ourselves a competent diplomat. And so this is them dipping their toes in the water to what would be the D, eventually, with Picard. Where they're like, Rachel Mm -hmm. Garrett did such a great job being a diplomat, a learned scholar. Let's do that again for the D. Right. Maybe that's how Picard got the job. Okay, I love that because then you're kind of nicely balancing things out. My characterization of Rachel Garrett just what I have of it right now is that she is very straightforward, even though she is a hell of a negotiator, but she's not going to sugarcoat anything for you. I think she is the type of person that's going to be very upfront, very matter of fact with you, no BS. And if she thinks that she's being played, she is going to take action and she's going to let you know how she really feels about it. Meaning she's not completely afraid to slap people around both physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. Meaning she is just tough. Tough as nails, both verbally, but also, I mean, if she has to get into a combat situation, you know what? She knows how to throw a punch. She can fire a phaser, and she's not afraid to get into a fight if necessary. She won't start the fight, but she'll finish it. In my head, I'd like to see a perfect marriage between Picard and Cisco. Okay, do tell. Cisco, I feel like Cisco gets a bad rap of being a hothead like Kirk. But I don't think that's the case. I see Cisco as much more of a warrior and a tactician. And like, yeah, he'll mm. he'll fly off the handle and scream at you. But he's not going to... People are going to write me letters. But I don't think that he would... I want to say he would not put the universe at risk on a hunch. Now, there are times when he has done completely crazy, crazy things. He has, but it's been very calculated. And you know what? Let's integrate all of that into Rachel Garrett. I think that suits her entirely. But at the same time, you have the Picard influence where I feel like you temper that with history, execution, scholarly pursuits, calm demeanor, 
and the realization that you reflect the uniform, you reflect the Federation, and, mm. you know. She has the sense of duty that Kirk has to the uniform and what Starfleet means. She is... Do you mean Kirk or Picard? Well, both. Or I both. Mean, I mean, really, all I mean, of them have a sense of duty. Maybe with the cool head of Picard, but I don't know, the spirit of Kirk, though. Yes. I mean, she really believes in the Federation. And its mission. I think I want to, yeah, I want to do like the calm-headedness, the diplomacy of Picard, but also the tactician that is Cisco. Like, I think those are the, those are the, the main things that I'd love to merge in Garrett because yeah, I don't want okay. another Janeway. I don't want another scientist. No, we've already had that. We need something new. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, so yeah, we're kind of taking the best things from <laughs> the other captains that we've had up to this point and marrying them into Rachel Garrett and what we know of her. What if, what if she was a part of her life. She was a politician. Hmm. Okay. Doing what do you think? I Was she, I don't know, like part of a intergalactic United Nations or something? No, I mean, you're, you're laughing, but what if it's something like that? Where maybe this, this, this isn't just a casual thing. Like this isn't just like a, oh, this is a side note, like where they're dipping their toes in diplomacy. What if it was, this was a conscious decision where they're like, we need someone who knows how to negotiate in the chair. <gasps> Idea, idea. This gave me a great idea. Okay, maybe she started her life off thinking she was going to become a career politician. Yeah. Maybe she even comes from a, a family of politicians. Thinks she's going to follow in that footstep. And then realizes that she can do a lot more and also fill up a little bit of an adventurous side that she's desperately craving because she's sitting behind a desk and pushing paperwork all day mm -hmm. and hates that. If she enrolled in Starfleet, she could have all of the above and actually make more of a difference. I like that idea a lot. I think I think that adds and that's the thing is that we're like maybe the opening of the show, or at least one of the openings of like the start of the show, we see her at a Federation outpost or at a Starbase or or hell even in San Francisco, and they say, You were chosen specifically because of your background. You were chosen because you she still got the captain rank because she's she went to Starfleet Academy, you know, and everything like that. This isn't like an honorary thing, but... Oh, no, no. She's more than competent, and I think they're even going to tell her, nobody gets the Enterprises that their first command, except for you. Ah, I like that. I like that as a storyline. I like that a lot. Yeah. Except that doesn't really... But... That doesn't make sense with Harriman. Pressure is on, though. Well, yes and no. I mean, they're still taking a risk, maybe, with her being a first-time captain, but... Her personality is completely different. And the thing is, though, is because of Harriman, maybe they are a little lesser to trust. Like, we're going to be watching you and you're not going to have an easy job. Are you ready for it? And she says, yeah, bring it. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, why Let's go to Utopia Planitia. <laughs> I want my ship. I, yeah, I like I like that idea of making like that's the crux of the show is diplomacy, not even exploration, but diplomacy. Right. Maybe this is going to be a little more of a politically charged show, sort of like DS9. Yes. As opposed to Strange New Worlds. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Because that's, we realized that we needed something different between TNG and Voyager, but DS9 was a little ahead of its time. So what if we combine the two? like Just like we combined sure. Picard and Cisco, let's combine the premises of the show where, you know, the premise of Deep Space Nine was supposed to get the Bajoran people into the Federation. They kind of abandoned that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Picard's mission was to explore strange new worlds. So let's combine the two where you're supposed to explore. I don't, I don't want to say explore, but you're supposed to 
you're supposed to be that peacekeeping ship. Like you are out there making sure like instead of, because here's the thing, I'm not making sense, but I'm kind of rambling, but in, in <laughs> keep going. I think you're getting there. I'm getting there in the next generation. One big thing, like they kept saying, Oh, we're explorers. We're just exploring. That wasn't always the case. They were sent a lot of the time to an outpost because there's problems or they were sent to a planet yeah. because there was two warring factions or they were sent to this and this and this. So instead of just using that as a side note where we're like, oh, this is a continuing mission and then we're also doing this on the side, we say that with Enterprise C, the primary mission is to maintain our borders, maintain peace within the Federation and also explore strange new worlds and new civilizations along the way. I like it where maybe they are when they are on the outskirts of unexplored space, they are there to keep the peace. Mm -hmm. And what if that is when they come across the Cardassians? Now, do we know exactly when that happened? I don't think so. So what if they come across the Cardassians and that starts throwing a wrench into things, knowing that these guys are going to be a little difficult to deal with? Might throw a whole wrench in the whole Klingon and Romulan thing where... Maybe things calm down just enough and then, oh, surprise, we have another empire to deal with. Great. Just great. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot where I'm trying to think if where where we saw. I mean, like, I know that we saw them in TNG for the first time, but I'm not quite sure when yes. the Federation. Right. That's what I can't think of. <laughs> and I honestly, though, I don't know if we even know that for sure. So it's possible that in this time period... That's when the Cardassians make themselves known to the Federation and vice versa. Yeah, I, I can't remember either. Like, I know that there was a war because of what we saw. Like, there was a Cardassian war. I mean, O'Brien was a part of that war. And, right. And so if they went forward 22 years, and, and O'Brien is like, in the, at that time would be in his 30s, so that wouldn't work. Okay, so it, like... So I guess they could meet the Cardassians, but we can't depict the Cardassian War. Okay, well that's still fair. There's plenty of things oh, you yeah. can do there. Tons, tons. I'm I'm just I'm just trying to think of it from a canonical aspect. So at the point, maybe like seasons three or four, where you need just a little extra and kick it up a notch drama, you introduce the Cardassians. I think that's a great way to do it. I don't want to make them the main baddie because of Deep Space right. Nine, obviously. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean we've kind of been there and done that, but this in this time when they are unknown and we don't know, we have to put ourselves back there. We don't know what they're about yet. That that's going to create a little element of mystery and danger and all that fun stuff. And I'm like, we could talk about the occupation as well. Like what if Rachel Garrett says, we need to do something about the occupation and the Federation's like, uh, we can't, sorry. Yeah. Eh, prime directive or something. Yeah. Like what if that's a main, <laughs> like that could be a main contention. That could be a major plot point. I really like that. Maybe she sees just a little too much and realizes we're, well, she's going to maybe fight to, well, we need to fight them. Yeah. Maybe she's going to be an advocate for, we need to do something about this and is not going to get much response. And as a former politician, this is not new territory to her, but is the most frustrating freaking thing I think a politician has to deal with. And so what does she do from there? We could create a story around that. I love that idea because it could be so timely as well with what's going on currently in the world of where does the Federation get involved? Where does the U.S. get involved? Do we only right, get involved in right. something for our interests or do we get involved 
for humanitarian aspects, you know, and everything like that. Right. Does the Federation have to be the universe's babysitter? That sort of a thing. Like mm -hmm. how far is too far? Absolutely. One other thing that if we're getting onto maybe political, like current events leaking into Star Trek, I, I just had the thing of the Romulans, you know, basically spreading fake news. <laughs> To, to screw with uh, the Federation and the Klingons. Who said what? What is right? What is wrong? I don't know if that's a little too in your face. <laughs> that might be but a it is something. But it is something that the Romulans would do to throw everybody off and just jumble everything into chaos. So we've developed the backdrop. Klingons and Romulans. And also we're, we're going to introduce the Cardassians. Things are volatile. It's not outright war yet, but things are, people can feel it. It's bubbling underneath. So we've developed the backdrop. We've developed that this is going to be a show that focuses on diplomacy. And exploration is second instead of exploration being first and, and diplomacy second. We have a former politician as the captain. She's, she's, uh, she's strong, but she's also le level-headed. So is there going to be an arc of the show? Or is it just going to be we're maintaining our borders and then we have a se like we have a season arc or is it going to be a show arc what's the statement of the show ooh you know i think it would be really cool if season by season it does sort of have some sort of an arc but i think our very big overall theme for however long the show lasts is they start off wanting peace 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 and ultimately they have to go down and sacrifice themselves to maintain the peace. Mm -hmm. Almost contradictory where you have to go to war to preserve the peace, but that's what happens. And then you can end with Narendra 3. Okay, so... But and it really does forge a lasting peace. And leading up to that, we could understand just how high the stakes are and why it works the way it does. You can fill in those details as to why the Klingons found this to be such an incredible gesture. Why do the Romulans ultimately kind of back off and retreat amongst themselves the tail between their legs i mean i've always seen the romulans as a little isolationist you know they kind of mm -hmm. they think they're better than everybody else and so i think you can play a little bit with that as well i feel like if it was made today like if this is the if this is the discovery the like in replace of discovery i feel like we need something a little bit more tactile than that because okay well what can we add then yeah, I feel like I feel I, everything you're saying is accurate. I think everything you're saying is great, but I feel like we need let's at least for season one. Let's at least because okay, you know, and like we're gonna break it down to season one. Yeah, like like we talked about, Deep Space Nine is all about maintaining uh, like uh, defending the wormhole and making sure um, Bajor gets in the Federation. That's the mission statement. Voyager getting home, simple, right? Easy, boom, it's done. <laughs> you have one job. Now Enterprise is. That's when we kind of go back to our roots and say exploration, but also formation of the Federation. That's kind of the goal. Let's let's create ties and for, formulate the uh, the Federation. I like the idea of maintaining peace, 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 peace. How can it be more stable? How can it be something that the fans can grab hold of instead of just, oh, it's a peaceful ship? What if in this very first chapter... It starts with hostile Klingons, ends with forging peace with the Klingons. Maybe things with the Klingons are going to be good for now. Well, that's Enterprise. Like the opening episode was mm, hostile Klingons yeah. and then a, kind Shoot. of a, a tight, a tight piece. Um, okay. So I don't think we should, I don't think we should do Klingons right out of the gate. Okay. 
Do we start with Romulans then? I think we have, we've never done that before. And you know what? Fans have been begging for more development of the Romulans. Let's go there. Do we want to forge peace or are things actually going to end up getting worse by the end of this? What? Okay, so what if, and let me know if I'm completely off my rocker here. Okay. What if there was peace with the Romulans? What if during this time there was peace, but it was very, very limited? Like what if the Enterprise C is the one that brokered peace? between the Federation and Romulans, but in the span of this show, with the culmination of Narendra 3, we see that piece fail horribly. Hmm. Okay, are you just talking overall now, or are you talking this very first season? Uh, I'm a little confused, because you threw in Narendra 3 there. Yes, I know. <laughs> what? Okay, so what if, let me tie it back, what if season one is brokering peace with the Romulans, where, like, this is going to be your mission, Rachel Garrett, you need to broker peace with the Romulans. You need to get close to Romulan space, maintain our borders, maintain the neutral zone or whatever. And But at the same time, you need to lay the seeds of peace with them. And let's say at the end of season one, she does it. She makes peace. There is formal peace with the Romulans. But then over the next couple of seasons, we see that fail and degrade. Okay, I like that. I like that. Also, if you wanted to screw things up a little sooner, you could always have the illusion of peace, but then there's always that little plot twist where, oh, but you're forgetting one little thing, and then cut. That's the end of the season. Yeah, or... And then we things can go straight to hell from there. Yeah, we see the Romulans behind the scenes, and they're not taking it seriously. Right, or yeah, or somebody or something is going to sabotage it, yada, yada. Sure, there's, there's definitely something there. And then that way we're not contradicting canon... Because that way we're still hostile with them in the 24th century with the Enterprise D. Sure, sure. And maybe another part of it is maybe on the side they're gathering a little bit of intelligence on the Romulans as well. Because we don't know a whole lot about them. The Romulans will not take to that. So maybe that kind of puts a wrench in things midway when they find out that they're gathering a little bit of intelligence. There's a lack of trust there. And so, I don't know, there's a little... thing you could throw in i'm thinking though that the federation uh, if there really is to be some peace with the romulans maybe we help them out somehow or something or we do a gesture of goodwill or something i'd love to think of something where the romulans stand to lose if they don't reach out and work with other races because that's going to be an effort for them and maybe that is why rachel garrett is out there to maybe work with them a little bit because they're hesitant but they have contacted the federation or no 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 i have an idea while maintaining borders and all that they uncover that the romulan empire is dealing with a horrible problem like like a black plague essentially (laughs) or something and they're not telling anybody because they don't want any of the other people out, out in the galaxy to know about it They think they can handle it. They'll eventually find a cure. And it turns out, you know what? This wouldn't be so hard if we worked together, but convincing them is is more than half the battle. That is the battle. I feel like that is very, very reminiscent of the Undiscovered Country. Uh, well, 
Yes, I suppose. Because the entire reason why they're even thinking about brokering peace with the Klingons and Federation is because the Klingons are in need. Like, they they had an energy crisis and they're going to be out of air in the next 50 Earth years, in which we conveniently yeah. forgot about once we move forward. That, it, yeah, I don't want to do a repeat close, of that. It is too close, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, maybe they don't reach out to the Federation. What if Captain Garrett discovers it and says, we'll help you if you behave, and we won't even tell. I, it'll, it'll, we, can, we can kind of put it under the rug. Nobody has to know, and you still get help. What is that wrong? It's, it's it's still it's yeah no that that I think that adds okay that, I think I'll it's, drop that it's idea too much like praxis okay you know before we start actually talking about uh, storylines and thinking too far down the line what if we start thinking about who else is on the bridge like what other characters are going on this ship who do we want to focus on yeah you know what if instead let, let's let's talk about this next week i mean we we have so many things that we have talked about previously about rachel garrett and the mission statement of the show but we don't really know what is what kind of crew is going around with rachel garrett so how about we talk about this next week let's have a part two let's let's go forward and talk about who's going to be on the ship like who's needed on the ship and uh, and what their personalities are and what their jobs are so let's do that next week let's have a part two you know that might be that might not be a bad idea just because we have so many characters and frankly uh positions on the bridge and what have you that we need to fill why don't we stop here we're at a good breaking point and then we'll continue next week so everybody please go to the nerdparty.com slash contact give us a note let us know what you think of what we laid down for this enterprise c show what, were we missing some things uh, do you like what we put down? Do you have any suggestions? And, you know, maybe maybe you could tell us what you would like to see in these characters or what you what direction you would like to see the show taken. If they're if we like them, maybe we'll incorporate them into our next episode. And that would be so much fun. I would love to know it, what our listeners would add to this backdrop. We need to make it more dramatic. We need to keep kicking it up a notch, keep punching it. And so we need your help on this one. I'd love to know. No matter how we develop next week's episode, I think it could be awesome to integrate listeners' feedback into what the show could look like. Because no matter what is going to happen, we're going to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.